this episode of the Event Manager Podcast, the podcast for curious event professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. My name is Miguel Neves, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of EventMB. In this episode titled From Events to Communities, I have the pleasure of speaking with Matthias Fleming, Online Community Evangelist and Strategy Consultant at Open Social. We cover a lot of topics around community building, in particular for associations, and these include how the biggest value of associations is the ability to connect people, how organizations benefit from being community-focused, why communities must always focus first on the needs of its members, why bottom-up communities succeed and how this requires organizations to let go of control, and how creating a culture of dialogue requires a big shift in mindset. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation and I invite you to check out the other episodes of the Event Manager Podcast on our website or you can subscribe through your favorite podcast service. And now for a word from our sponsors, PHL Life Sciences, a division of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. Host your convention or trade show in Philadelphia, one of America's leading life sciences hubs. PHL Life Sciences, the first and only CVB division of its kind, will connect you to the professionals at the forefront of your industry and to a culture you can only find in Philadelphia. A city known for its rich history that's forging a bright future, Philadelphia challenges the expected and defies convention. A world of discovery is waiting. Visit phllife.com to learn more. Welcome to another episode of the Event Manager Podcast, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Matthias Fleming. Hopefully I said that correct. Matthias, thank you and well welcome. welcome to the show. Thanks, Miguel. Thanks for having me. So we know each, we've known each other for, I don't know, 10, 12 years, something like that, uh, a long time. We've, we've been together at many in-person events and also some online events in the last couple of years. Uh, but for people who don't know who you are, uh, could you Give us a little short introduction and then kind of tell us how you, you got to be you. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so indeed, my name is Matthijs Fleming. Um, I have uh, a long history within the association meetings industry. Uh, I've been with ICA for 19 years, International Congress and Convention Association, for those listeners who don't know ICA. Um, but I guess we're, to, we're talking to the events industry here, so you know. Um, last five years, I was director of marketing. Then COVID happened. Um, uh, and uh, I actually had on my roadmap as uh, as director of marketing for ICA already uh, the uh, the idea uh, to implement an, uh, an online community platform for for ICA. I always believed in the power of online community. We both have a history in, in social media and trying to make that uh, relevant and add value for online events or for events. Um, so I decided to join uh, Open Social, and Open Social is an online community platform. We are open SaaS, so we are software as a service, uh, and uh, specialized in uh, mission-driven uh, communities. So uh, Open Social has clients like Greenpeace, the United Nations, uh, European Commission, uh, but also associations like the World Seed Federation. And um, yeah, we are um, we're offering or we're selling a product uh, that is an online community platform or a member engagement platform that they use uh, yeah, to connect their members uh, year round. And um, yeah, before I go further, that's my background. Yeah, And I, oh, sorry, at Open Social, uh, I have a double title. Um, I'm uh, online community evangelist. So I spread the gospel about the value of online community for uh, associations and other organizations, but I'm also a strategy consultant. So I help all types of uh, Open Social clients to build their uh, community strategy. 
And what what does that mean? I mean, so you're working with Open Social, which is one of the providers of this kind of like community platform, but you also help people to kind of onboard it, get it in into their association. Is that kind of your work as well? Uh, so what we're working on is uh, create the community strategy. So what are your organization's goals of designing uh, to build an online community? And what uh, are your members' needs? And how do we build an engagement strategy uh, around mm -hmm. this uh, that actually uh, has, uh, you know, is targeted towards uh, a joint purpose or joint goals uh, uh, of your community members and of your organization? And how do we build uh, yeah, content and activation around that? Okay. Yeah, and that's not just for associations, it's also for other types of organizations that use uh, our platform. So if we were talking to somebody that doesn't understand the event industry or the association industry, if you will, how would you describe kind of what you do? Uh, the, the, how, the community platform, you, you mean? To describe just that? your role. You know, I'm always interested in, in ah. kind of how do you explain to people who don't necessarily understand the event industry what it is that you do? Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, in the evangelist role, uh, we talk about, uh, you know, uh, the, especially association meetings. Uh, I think an association meeting, as it looked like in 2019, it didn't look that much different than it looked uh, maybe in the 80s or 90s even. I think uh, that the, like the digital transformation has sort of been like a parallel universe to uh, association meetings. It's not been really happening there. Uh, as we both know, he's also influencer of social media, but yeah, it's not really been a priority because, of course, associations are focusing, uh, uh, are used to building and engaging with their community uh, through events. That's the, how they have uh, uh, traditionally done it, and but their business model is or uh, an engagement model is focused on. Um, however, of course, COVID happened. Uh, associations went to virtual events, which is basically, in a way, a bit of old school thinking still, right? It's doing what you were used to do in person uh, and doing that online. Of course, that's changing a bit. Um, yeah, I believe an association is not in the events industry or the events organizing industry, but in the community building industry. And, and that makes a huge difference because the way in which we organize communities nowadays is very different than, uh, than it has been uh, in the, since a couple of years ago. Uh, and we see very good examples of that from purpose-driven organizations at Open Social, where they very actively, for instance, Greenpeace or the United Nations are, are combining, uh, uh, are connecting members to create added value. So, so Greenpeace is very well at, uh, at activating volunteers, bottom-up grassroots campaigns. Uh, to join the campaign and take action and organize events uh, to, towards their purpose and, and contribute towards that purpose together. And the UN is, uh, you know, uh, in, in including internal and external stakeholders to, to, uh, to discuss uh, sustainable development goals, for example. And that's, uh, that's a mix of, uh, of online community uh, and year-round discussion and in-person events. I mean, these are both organizations that are lot, depend on a lot of volunteers, a lot of committees, a lot of bodies, a lot of different levels of, of engagement, right? Um, yeah. So, so pretty, pretty, pretty impressive stuff. But let's let's backtrack a little bit. I want to I want to kind of like frame community building and the work in, in the, you you mentioned, I think, the community industry. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I have to be honest, I don't I wasn't aware that there was a community industry uh, yeah. in, in, in as such, right? But I think it's the same thing as the event industry. I think a lot of people in business don't necessarily think of an event industry to think of events as sort of a function of other things. So could you yeah. frame for me a little bit of, you know, what you see as the community industry and maybe a little kind of quick history of, of, of kind of, you know, who the, who the leading people are and, and what is it yeah. all about? Yeah, no, definitely. I, to be honest, it was quite new for me uh, as well. 
uh, until like one and a half, two years ago when I, when I left ICA. Uh, because I deep dived into this belief that online community is the way forward for associations, having the background in, in an association myself and in the association meetings industry. And of course, I know a lot about associations and I know a lot about the events industry, but I didn't know a lot yet about the community building industry and the community industry. So I, I started uh, you know, taking courses, uh, reading up on it, uh, really, uh, you know, psychology of community building, things like that. Uh, by, by thought leaders in the community building industry, like Richard Millington and, and David Spinks um, and Margie Anderson is, uh, is, is someone who really has great ideas about community building for associations. Um, and uh, I basically, um, yeah, the, got studied it, to be honest. Uh, and, and I saw that actually the events industry can learn a lot from the community building industry and, and vice versa. Uh, as we both know, the, the, the lines between events and communities are, are fading a bit. Uh, however, I also see the community industry as being quite separate from the events industry, while often like community managers also organize events and in-person events, because in-person events remain the, still the primary driver of community building. Um, so, but they have a lot of uh, frameworks, models, what is the business value of a community and how to define that. And they have great models and great best practices for that, that are very useful for, for anyone moving from an events-led engagement model to a community-led uh, engagement model that we can use uh, and that I am using in my consultancy services, uh, actually also with associations, uh, because it helps them to, uh, to, to have the funding, to create the internal uh, goodwill, uh, to get the stakeholders on board. Uh, to invest in uh, in online community. Um, Can you break that however, down for us? You, you talked that you mentioned these two models right there, the, the community model and the events model. Can you yeah. give us a, a kind of verbal breakdown of, of what how, how those two are different, really, in essence? Um, yeah, um, we, we talked about this already, and, and, and I'm now going back a bit to my, my ICA years, right? Where we see um, engagement with members year round is quite low, right? Uh, and so I'm I mean, talking, you know, traditionally for an association, you have a certain number of events. So maybe you have a big annual event. You might have some regional events or some smaller events. Yeah. But you see that as being kind of the peak of the uh, interaction with members is around events and around sort of, you know, whether they're kind of in-person gatherings or just people get excited about it or whatever. There's a sort of peak at certain points of the year, right? That's what you mean by the, the event model? Yeah. Indeed. So traditionally, uh, the event-led model, um, uh, people gather uh, maybe a couple of times a year, maybe once a year at the annual conference. There's a lot of connection and interaction there and the knowledge shared. Um, and the rest of the year, engagement is very low. So that's a peak in engagement. And after the peak, after the in-person event, engagement is flat often, right? And, and, uh, uh, and all the knowledge and connections shared at that in-person event is only shared with those members of your community that, that are attending that in-person event, but it's not available to the rest of your member community who are not attending that in-person event. So that's your traditional model. It's all built around that. Uh, and that's why I think uh, if, you are, if you organize online events in a world where everyone is always connected, it doesn't really make sense to close an event after it has taken place, right? Because why, why would you do that? If you're in the community building industry and not in the events industry, as we say associations are, then, then you want to continue those conversations, right? You want to continue sharing that knowledge uh, and you don't want to just uh, that to be event-led only. Now you make a really interesting point. I think with, when it comes to online virtual events, um, you can continue indefinitely, right? You, it, there doesn't have to be in a start and an end. Um, mm -hmm. But I always have this challenge when, when we talk about this topic, which is, 
when there's a date, when there's a focus, um, you kind of gather people around a, a specific topic and you know that they're going to be focused on this for a couple of days or whatever it is that the event happens. If it's all year round, then, then it, that's not so easy. And for me, like, I feel like there's a really a missing piece, which is sort of this milestone. Like this was the annual conference 2018. Yeah. And this was the topic or whatever. And those things are memorable, right? And they might be memorable for the right or wrong reasons. You know, it might be more memorable because the, the dinner was great or whatever, but they're memorable. You know, they kind of like helped you to structure and structure your memories. If you're always on, um, isn't that a challenge? And, and how do you kind of mitigate that challenge to actually you know, turn it on its head and kind of make that into an advantage. Yeah, no, I think uh, even if you're uh, if you're always on as well, and you are uh, right, you're always connected to your members. But of course, events, like I said, remain the the, the main uh, engagement driver. Uh, and but they are instead of the only engagement driver, they become a peak uh, or a, a top of a wave uh, in your annual uh, community experiences that you are offering to your members. Because if you think in terms of community instead of events, you're, you're you're also talking about different types of community experiences that you can offer, and 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 of course the events industry and associations are are very used to to synchronous uh, uh, community experiences. This is a difficult word for just saying events, right? Uh, and they, those can be in person or or online. But um, community, the community industry and community platforms also provide a lot of asynchronous tools. Uh, for for um, uh, that that you can offer throughout the year that drive engagement, and and, uh, and before I go into some of those examples, I think the, the biggest also something to realize here. I think the biggest value as an association that you can offer to your members is your your ability to connect your members, right? And 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 uh, and by by just doing that only at events, which often are top down. Right, because it's listening to education that's organized top down, and which is not about uh, connecting your members. Then, um, yeah, then you're not then you're then you're not using the power of uh, of of, the, of connecting your members. Um, and by with an online community, and especially with an owned one, you can you can immediately once a new member joins, you can immediately connect them with other members they should meet based on the topics of interest or, or topics of expertise that they want to profile themselves in. You can immediately connect them with other members with relevant content, with relevant events, with relevant papers or resources in the resource library. You can immediately provide value to that member. Um, so yeah, so that is a, that is a big difference. So uh, um, you don't only have to wait until in-person events to do that. But some of these asynchronous tools, so a, a really interesting one, we use at Open Social is uh, ideation uh, or challenges tool, which is, uh, you know, a community is all bottom up, right? Uh, and, 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 and connecting members around this and getting them to collaborate. So if you are um, posting like a joint challenge for an industry uh, or a decision that the association needs to make, uh, needs to make uh, members can actually collaborate ideas and collaborate potential solutions to this challenge. And they can work on each other's ideas or each other's ideas and they can vote on each other's ideas and they can actually take some ownership of those ideas and drive those new initiatives forward within their association. Um, which is, of course, all but but what you want to do as an association, you want to mobilize your members to contribute to your to your mission together. Uh, yeah. And these type of tools, they help to do that not only at events, but, you know, year round. So it sounds to me that you're saying. Uh, it's it can be a good idea. Um, there are yeah. tools to make this easy or to make this work. Um, mm -hmm. But it also sounds to me like it takes a bit more than the mindset 
shift. It's not just yes. thinking about it differently, but there's a lot of other activities, right? Because just making things available to people doesn't mean that they get excited about it or they kind of, you know, really thrive in this, in this new environment. So, so what in your mind are, are kind of the, the core things to, to, to really, to really make communities thrive? And I know you, you're working on a, what do you call the community compendium? It should be released very shortly. So we'll make sure to add that in, in the show notes and in, in the, in the podcast notes. Um, mm -hmm. because I believe it's, it's open, open source, right? You're, you're sharing that with the world. So, um, I think that that'll be a good guide, but just off yep. the top of your head, can you share kind of, you know, some high level advice to people that are kind of trying to make this shift into more of a, a community led approach? Yeah. yeah I, but, the, uh, it takes, it takes a couple of things. The first thing is, uh, start small that really is and, and, and build it with them, right? So listen to your members. Uh, what are their needs? And often uh, for an association, which is often built around knowledge sharing and learning together, uh, it's very good to start with a certain need that is within a certain part of your membership. For instance, there could be a working group or there could be a chapter working on a project together. It makes, uh, it makes very good sense to start with uh, a collaboration project or to start with a working group and, 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 and actually facilitate in a central location, which is that online community platform, facilitate the interaction between those members and, and empower them to collaborate together with central place for, for, for documents, with a central group to meet, uh, to, for them to organize their own meetings within that, within that group and collaborate on that. Uh, then you start with a need. Always start small. I, I mean, there's a quote that, that I've used and that Tracy Berry, I think, has just used before as well. It's, uh, uh, it's not build it and they will come, but build it with them and they will already be there, right? So your, your community sure. approach should also be bottom-up. So involve members from the start as soon as possible if you are considering building an online community for your association. And then start uh, with uh, uh, finding those needs from your members and start small with those needs and build community around that. Uh, and then because otherwise it can be overwhelming, you know, you can offer so many things to do, but then it's very concrete. I'm, I'm coming to the community to do this uh, and we're going to work on this together. And often this is around knowledge sharing and, uh, uh, and learning or providing online education and then growing from there, because then that small group will also set the tone about uh, the culture, what type of behavior is expected here, right? And they can maybe take a proactive role in, in moderating or welcoming new members um, in that. So uh, as soon as you can make this, a joint effort with your members because it's for them and and this is very much also a part of that approach and it's for some associations it's quite scary actually because the the, the power of community is in scalability right getting members to collaborate and actually letting go as an association or as a board letting go some of that control that i think many associations have traditionally build up right they want to control every message that's going out and make sure it's on brand and it's uh, right but actually community, community is, you, you want to get your members to to engage with each other and work under your association's flag and gives them some freedom and some some sense of influence and ownership to, co to collaborate on that and you have to give them that room and listen to that and actually support that uh, and, and build and build that further uh, so that's also a cultural trade change. I think you need to you need to give your uh, let go of some control to give uh, to give your your members some sense of ownership and actually a sense of that it matters what they do and what they contribute to your uh, community and that you want to support that and bring that forward. I think that's an excellent point about letting go and kind of uh, ownership. Um, is there any are there any kind of tangible pieces of advice that you give to organizations that are challenged by that? 
um, yeah, I, I think uh, using your your community platform to just send, uh, right? Because that is then the risk. That is like sort of like a follow up, a logical consequence of of not letting go any control, right? Then that that then then your online community is is doomed for failure. It's true. You know, you need to you need to be open and transparent and and let go of some control and empower your members to to be part of your where your uh, uh, where your organization is going. And actually, that's a very good thing, right? Especially with these times of disruption. You now, what should be the priority for my association? Should we just make this up in our board as an, from an ivory tower and decide for my members? Or should we engage in a conversation with my members and jointly look for where we want to go and what what they see is the most valuable direction to go or what we can do? Uh, so it, it is also in that sense the right approach uh, to take. Like I said, I think the biggest value you can provide as an association is your ability to connect your members and to uh, to proactively challenge them year round to collaborate towards your mission. Uh, and this is uh, yeah, you know, this this means more bottom up and being open to that because. You know, if they if they are criticizing your your association, uh, um, you need to listen to them anyway, right? Because it will turn back to you. They will either walk away or they will talk about you elsewhere. Uh, so you better uh, engage in that conversation with them and uh, and open up. So let me throw you a bit of a trick question: Why is this not happening then? Uh, and I'm saying this from a you know, social media perspective, because I see social media in a very similar way, right? If you if you interact with people, they interact back. But the vast majority of social media accounts, at least in the event industry, that's the, the ones that I tend to follow, are one directional. You know, they talk about, they promote yeah. what they're doing, they, they do things. They, they, there's very few that ask questions and, and authentically invite, for, invite feedback, right? Yeah. Why do you think that is? Uh, and I agree on social media, that's that's not happening. Social media is good for building reach, right? But we, I think, also both know, and, and this is a big difference between an owned platform. And when social media is not designed for effective community building or created a trusted environment to share, social media is basically designed to, to harvest your, 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 your data and sell you ads, right? So the engagement you build there is actually monetized uh, or used by someone else. It's still, it's, I love social media, too. don't get me wrong, but, but it is, it's a very different starting point. Whereas a member the business model is definitely one of the business model is definitely different, yeah. So, yeah. whereas a member engagement platform or an online community platform like Open Social, but there are more, of course, uh, is that's designed for uh, effective community building. So, and, and it's a very different starting point as well. If you, as an association, and as we said, I think an association, as an association, you're in the community building business, and 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 this is a very effective way that a lot of corporates and other organizations are building communities, online communities with owned platforms. And that is because you, you create uh, a safe and trusted environment uh, for your members. Uh, and if, if you go there as a member, you, you know you're going to meet respected peers. You're going to meet other members. You, you know you're going to have quality content that's been checked, that's been uh, checked and filtered by the member organization or by the association. And you know you're going to have valuable encounters, uh, right? And you know uh, that, you, that you're being uh, listened to there. And also, because you have the owned platform, uh, you can actually give a much more relevant experience to your members because you own the data, right? As opposed to social media. So you know exactly what, uh, what your members are interested in and what's relevant information for them. Uh, and uh, you, so you can use that data to actually provide them with a personalized experience uh, uh, and, and as partially automated experience uh, for that part as well. And not only just from you as an association, but also from other members. Because if you've shown interest in a certain topic or a certain discussion, 
you can actually indicate as a member, uh, I want to be notified about uh, about this or not, right? So you can you can actually have control of your own experience and you can actually then choose to engage or not, uh, which is very different. Uh, it's very different from just sending an email uh, throughout the year. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a completely different starting point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you ready to celebrate your successes in the world of meetings and events? The Skift Meetings Awards are back for 2024, recognizing the most innovative business events companies across 15 categories, and we want you to be a part of it. Winners will feature on Skift Meetings, sending a clear signal to events professionals around the world that these are partners they can rely on. The final deadline for submissions is June 11th. We encourage you to start your submission today to secure the best entry rates. For more information and to start your submission, head to live.skift.com. I think you made a really interesting point earlier about, you know, if you if you install, if you onboard a community platform and then you just use it to send stuff out, then it's a bit pointless, right? Yeah. Um, so I think I think that that's a really, really interesting point. And I feel like a lot of organizations are just tuned to doing that. So it's quite hard to kind of break yeah. away from that in some sense. Yeah, no, 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 definitely. And and um, there are many stories about, yeah, we've tried this, it doesn't work. It didn't work, right? Okay, but why didn't it work? Because often then, indeed, it is built it and they will come instead of build it with them and they're already there, right? Very often then, it's the platform is launched and uh, yeah, now uh, our members will engage and they will communicate. No, you need you need to really start with member needs and member goals and and and, and identify those and start small and start with practical things you want them to do and steer towards that. And with an own platform, you can steer towards that. Uh, valuable collaboration but we see uh it, it, it is a it is a, a, a big shift and not uh not just for your communication department it's a big shift in, in culture as we touched on before right it's a different way of doing it and you need to embed this within your full organization but we see we see some uh some very uh good examples of this like i was talking this morning to the world seed federation who have just launched their online community uh on open social and uh, they were, they were, they were actually, they were, they had some skepticism, like you had as well, right, about this. Uh, but all these members were, they, they were very happy to be on board. And I had a member engagement manager on the call as well. She said, "Well, I'm actually contacted much less because my members can can find other members they're looking for, or projects, or topics, uh, uh, no groups that they uh, that they want to collaborate on, much quicker, and they don't need me anymore to make that connection, or they don't need me anymore to contact those other members directly." Uh, uh right and to collaborate together uh by by doing like dropbox documents or things like that no they can collaborate di directly so you know it's happening but it's also we uh associations are often a bit slow moving and i want to say it's difficult it's 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 um you know it's a big decision and, and it, in order to do it right like i said it it does ask for everyone to be on board and a different approach and not just from your marketing communications department from but from your whole organization because otherwise, indeed, it it won't work. So uh, that's that's what's making it uh, a difficult sell, but also a difficult decision to make. But a lot of associations we talk to uh, do agree that their long-term strategy, in their long-term strategy, community plays a central, very important role. And the best way to build your online community is with an own platform, because we we identify that as the core business, the core value that you are offering as an association. Um, and, yeah, but so we've been talking about associations, and I know that that's your background, so that that totally makes sense. But mm -hmm. 
is this limited to associations? And I think there are numerous examples of, of corporations and other types of organizations that are focused on building their community or, or trying to do that. Uh, it sounds to me like this could be an approach for any type of companies. What's your view on that? Uh, there is, yeah. Then, then, then the, yeah, we need to then talk maybe a bit about the word community and what it entails and what it not doesn't entail because you see it's a buzzword because there's a lot of commercial organizations very successfully building support communities, right? I mean, Salesforce is the big big example. They have like 80% of their support questions answered by other community members, so by other clients of, of, of uh, Salesforce. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's a community at its core, right? Because a community typically has a joint purpose that they are collaborating to and they have, uh, and, and a support community, they, yeah, it's often not that. They come only to find an answer to a problem or a question they have. Um, but yeah, there are many more at Open Social. Like I said, we work with uh, United Nations, which is not an association, um, uh, but they are, for instance, uh, um, collaborating year-round on sustainable development goals. And uh, that is uh, also uh, in between in-person events. So they're including uh, internal and external stakeholders uh, to, to actually and create communities of practice, which are different groups for the different sustainable development goals, to include as many stakeholders and, per and persons as possible within uh, yeah, within this, this knowledge sharing and within this, uh, this project uh, and, and within finding solutions uh, towards these uh, sustainable development goals. So, um, yeah, so for them, they are way more effective uh, uh, doing it this way. Uh, another example that we have, and those are big as well, but is Greenpeace, which is a typical community of action. But they are, they have uh, created, mobilized a lot more volunteers towards their uh, their environmental goals uh, by actually facilitating campaigning from from grassroots, uh, from bottom up. Right, so they have this all these local groups um, uh, on on the, on, the, on the community platform in different languages, in which they are connecting local volunteers to mobilize together and to organize campaigns and events and uh, uh, and and jointly contribute to to Greenpeace's circle. But we also have smaller organizations, so there are many examples. Yeah, Do you, have you seen a, an increase in terms of uh, people out, outside of associations kind of looking for this type of tool? Yeah, definitely, and also, um, and also from a lot of organizations that are not community-based or community-driven yet. Uh, and, and, and smaller one I'm I'm working with at Open Social is Stoma Connect, for example. So they uh, these are producers uh, of Stoma material, uh, and uh, yeah, as part of that uh, uh, of that industry, uh, they have to produce it, and then before that, they have to have testers, uh, and before they are able to, to put it on the market uh, and get feedback. So what they are doing, they're building a community for Stoma users uh, uh, and, and as, with a joint purpose to, to increase the quality of life of people with the Stoma. And they're doing that in a very practical way to give advice on using the products, but also connecting these Stoma users with each other, right, for tips and advice on, on how to work and how to live a good life with the Stoma. Um, um, but for the commercial reason, for these producers of the Stoma material is to get testers on board and to get feedback on products uh right and to put their uh to, to put their products on the market um and, and it sounds like you need to have a bit of everything for the commercial side to work right if you just have the commercial side then people probably aren't as interested no that's why that's why indeed it starts with a need for the members right if, if yeah. you if you miss that and you cannot fulfill those needs and don't have a very clear view of what those needs are 
then uh, yeah, then you're missing the point. And and you 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 would be surprised to how many potential clients of open social I speak to that that don't get this. That's the, the oh community. Oh, this is great. This is building retention and finding me new customers, right? As, yeah, but okay. What is the added value that you are going to give by by connecting your customers or connecting your target group together, right? What are they going to do that adds value to them? Uh, yeah, no, right. They, they only see it as a marketing or as a uh, marketing platform, and then it's not. Then it's doomed for failure. And there are many of those examples. And that's actually one of my roles to actually get that clear. What are those needs, and how are we creating added value by connecting your uh, your clients or your uh, your potential community members? Uh, and 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 that's actually also why it's such a no-brainer for me for these associations because they often have very active offline communities, right? The community is already there, which is the biggest challenge for commercial community builders to build that community. And and that offline community, that member community of associations, is very special. It's often more special than those associations realize because it's been often been built for years and years and years. And their challenge is to simply cultivate that online, and that's not simply. But it's actually a lot easier than building a community from scratch, right? Like a lot, lot, of, lot of these commercial organizations are doing. Absolutely. So it's, yeah, a lot of the work is already done there, but it's just a question of then yeah, adapting yeah. it to to the you know the, to the technology. Um, quick question. You know, you mentioned kind of quite specific communities, and and, I, and I've been reading a little bit about this uh, online. Um, it, how specific? I guess I guess my question is, you know, associations a lot of times want to have sort of one big discussion group or kind of have all the members involved in, in kind of everything. But it, it does feel like sometimes when things are very specific, you know, when it's like either regional or a specific topic or a specific kind of vertical within that sector or something like that, that becomes more interesting to people. Do yeah. you have any advice on I guess how granular to go, or is this something yeah. that you should let the community kind of work out which ones they want to do? Yeah, so so I think this is typically some some of those best practices from the community industry that we can use here, right? So um, at Open Social, we have introduced different types of communities that we identified, and they're they're identified by other community leaders and uh, and, and community. Um, uh, professionals um, and yeah I could quickly go th go through them uh, just to give you an idea so uh, one is a community of action uh, which is all about mobilizing volunteers uh, to jointly make a change in the world so this is your Greenpeace typically right you want to mobilize them uh, and and you want them to uh, yeah to, to collaborate can you, I mean is there a, a sort of umbrella term or generic term for for what you consider this specific example and, and then the other ones so this is a community of action that is the okay. That is the, the the type of community that we identify. But in terms of you know, like that is a, a type of organization that needs action, right? Are there it's things not that, that organization. apply? Yeah. yeah, it's the purpose of the community, right? Yeah. What do you want to jointly do? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get that. And, and, right? Because it's, it's the because this is not just the organization. That's what I like about these types, right? Because you need to get into the members' shoes and you need to see what are we trying to achieve here together. Yeah, right? that's really interesting from, from an association perspective as well, because you know, you have members that are there for the status quo, you have members that are there to sell, and then you have members that are there to take action. And yeah, and it's interesting, if you want to make a group just with members that want to take action about stuff, then you probably get a lot more excitement around that rather than including everybody. Yeah. No, indeed. So you, you could you could uh, imagine, for instance, if an association is doing a campaigning or an awareness day 
I mean, global meetings industry day. I mean, it's not run by one association. I get it. But let's say that that's a uh, uh, campaign you're running. And now then you want to mobilize your members to uh, create awareness and do advocacy for your industry and, and around that campaign. So that's a very clear purpose. Uh, and that's not your full community, but it could in indeed be the, 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 the goal of a group that you're creating within your community for your members to collaborate, uh, uh, to take action together, right? Uh, second one is community of practice, which most associations are. So this is all about learning uh, and sharing knowledge together, which is also a clear goal, right? Why are we collaborating? Why are we doing this? Um, uh, uh, a third one we often work with is communities of circumstance. So this is people in the same uh, yeah, in the same life stage or circumstance sharing tips and, and support, emotional support. So this could be the Alzheimer's uh, Association, for example, right? It's people in the same uh, life situation uh, and that can actually have, get support and, and learn from each other and share practical tips. Community of place is uh, people in the same location uh, and being bonded by that and having a link to that place. Community of interest is your hobby community or same interest or something that's next to it. Uh, and the support community, I, I mentioned those. So those are six types we, we see. And mind you, so these are theoretical handles and you rightfully say, and I mentioned these types because you talk about you know groups, what is linking these members together? And often it's a mix of those six types, right? And, uh, and, and each group can function one of these goals and one of these purposes and one of the reasons why my members are collaborating in that group. Um, and that can be a okay, community of place, could be a chapter of a certain association or of a certain uh, uh, collaborating uh, locally, right? Uh, and connecting and 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 uh, yeah and and making those connections based on their geographical area. So those are all like connectors or reasons for yeah. people to collaborate and connect with each other. And, and I assume you would say that not every community needs to have all of these, right? It's just more of an understanding of what might connect people and how you might want to structure things. Indeed, because thinking about that makes sense. Because then you take the members' point of view, and that's where you see how what are connectors and how and those are of course are the ones you should facilitate and amplify, and make easy, right? So, uh, what is the reason for me to connect with another member or with content, and and then identify those and make that as easy and simple as possible uh, on the platform. Great stuff. I think that's really valuable, and I'm looking forward to uh, when I can share the link to this um, this uh, compendium, yeah. the the community compendium. I think it'll be a good resource for anybody looking into that. So, you know, let's say um, these tools become adopted um, by many communities or, or some good communities across the event industry. How would you see that sort of changing? the the event industry and i guess this is more of a, a vision question right like if this can impact the event industry in particular how would you see that kind of impact uh changing the industry now i think um and i don't only only want to talk about uh association but that for 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 them the 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 community aspect is so obvious that it that, that it's really a no-brainer but okay let, let's focus on that first and let's see let's let's do that further um uh the the impact is you know, new members or new event attendants in general, right? They are they are used to engaging with uh, with online communities uh, or with communities online, right? They are used to using their their, their phone or touch screens to to engage with online communities. So, yeah, if you and it's not for every event for sure, but if you are uh, if your event has another purpose, so if your event has a higher purpose outside of the event itself, so you wanna you wanna reach something at that event, right? Your goal is not just to sell events and make money from that. 
then I think you should take a step back and maybe are there other ways uh, instead of only events that I can do this, right? Because that is key here. You need to strategize uh, 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 on that level. Um, and uh, and there are lots of reasons for, for thinking about that because if you have a higher purpose of your event uh, and you're actually in the community industry or you, you can build a community around your event, then yeah, it makes a lot of sense to uh, to offer online community to your participants. And the reasons are plentiful. I mean, because new generations are used to engaging with communities in that way, not just at in-person events or online events, but year-round. Um, environmental pressures, I mean, let's not, <laughs> uh, yeah, we cannot ignore that one. I mean, having an alternative to having to visit an event uh, uh, yeah, is very valid. We talk, we talk to a lot of organizations where, where, where younger members are saying, you know, if for me to join a community or for to, to join an association, and the only way to, to engage with that association and with other members of the association in person, it's less relevant for me. Uh, I'm, they're very aware of their carbon offset footprint, and they want to engage with their members on their terms. And, uh, and they're used to engaging in very different ways than just in person. Um, but also you're, you're, um, yeah, you're increasing your capacity uh, as a community to, uh, to collaborate because you offer that year round, right? Not just at an in-person or virtual event, but year round. And you should not only control every experience or every event top down by, by, by organizing community and having a clear go uh, view of the needs of your community. You just facilitate also them to create events uh, from the bottom up, right? That's a lot of our successful communities are doing that. Uh, they organize their own events for their chapter group or for their regional group. Uh, and that's the scalability of it, right? The scalability and the power of your community. Uh, and, by the, and by doing that, um, yeah, you, you're actually increasing the, uh, the capacity of your organization uh, and, and of your community uh, to work together. Um, so, um, yeah, so, so those, those are all, but it all starts with identifying the needs and the wants of the members and seeing if there's enough fertile ground to make it work because it needs to be bottom up and not top down. And I think if there's anything that is the main thing that, that you should take away from this, that, that will make it work or will that's make or break. Fantastic. Yeah. Great advice there. Thais, that's uh, that's uh, kind of a, a masterclass, a short masterclass in, uh, in community building, which I think is, is great in online communities. Great. So before we wrap up, uh, I wanted to get your uh, recommendation for a uh, someone else that we should have on the podcast. This is a question that we ask everybody who, who's on the podcast. We've already started kind of interviewing people who uh, were recommended before. So I'd love to also get uh, a recommendation from you of someone who we should have as a guest. You put me a bit on the spot here. I could have expected this question because I'm a regular listener, but I didn't, <laughs> uh, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Have, have you interviewed or have you had Marjorie Anderson yet? Nope, we have not. You had not because, um, yeah, I think she would be really good. She's, um, an, uh, she's the uh, community manager of uh, PMI, Project Management Institute. Uh, she is actually one of the guru thought leaders on online community for associations uh, and, and the place of events there. So that could be a good one. Now, I would also, if I would try and get some of these community leaders on your podcast, like Richard Millington or David Spinks uh, and so on, because getting their view on it with, with a lot of experience under their belt would be, would be quite relevant, I think. Because there is, uh, I, I really see the events industry, which is my background, and the community industry, they're not collaborating. They're very separate and they can learn a lot from each other. Um, yeah, so I'm now sort of like in, be in between those two, right? And I'm trying to find the best of both worlds and, and using that. 
Um, yeah, so that could be a good advice, maybe, to get some community uh, experts uh, on your podcast. Absolutely. I think more and more um, it is a relevant topic for anybody in the event industry. And uh, and it does sound like the crossover is is obvious, but not always um, is, is there, but not always obvious to people, I think is probably the best yeah. way to put it. So um, it'd be yeah. good to explore that further. Nice. And I'd love Thank to you. learn for each, from, from each other, I think. That's Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, again, community bottom up, right? If we can learn from each other, then we can, we can help each other improve. So I think that would be the, the best approach. Thank you so Indeed. much for joining us today. Been a pleasure. Uh, I hope you enjoyed being a guest. And of course, we'll link out to the uh, compendium, the upcoming community compendium release. Uh, and I hope uh, everybody enjoys uh, reading that and, uh, and connecting with you around this exciting topic. Thank you so much, Miguel, for, uh, for having me and talking to you again. And uh, we'll talk some more. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Event Manager Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. For the latest news and the best articles on technology and innovation in the event industry, head over to eventmb.com. 